Life does not always work out the way we want. People don't always do what we want them to do. Our circumstances don't always agree with our desires. Our plans don't always travel along our intended paths. Though we know these statements are true, we don't always like it when these things happen. We don't always understand when these things happen. We don't always know what we're going to do when these things happen. But one thing we do know when these things happen is simply this. Our sovereign God is on his throne and he is in control. We know what others mean for evil, God means for good, the saving of many lives. We know God's ways and thoughts are higher than our ways and thoughts. As high as heaven is above the earth, so are God's ways and thoughts higher than our ways and thoughts. We know and understand that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. We know there is now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. We know if God is for us, who can be against us? We know God knows, wants, and does what is best for us. And we walk in the reality of these truths as we follow Jesus by faith day by day. You see, our faith walk with God includes blessings and burdens. We know this from our personal experience, and we know this from the truth of God's Word. God is honest with us about this in His Word to us because He loves us. Paul told us, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every, say every, with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. Jesus told us, I will be with you always, say always, to the end of the age. Blessings. Paul also told us, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. James told us, consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face various trials, because you know the testing of your faith develops endurance. Let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Jesus told us and said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. Blessings and burdens are a part of the Christian life. Most days, our faith walk with God includes... Our faith walk with God contains a mixture of blessings and burdens. However, there are times, there are days when it seems like the burdens have blinded us to our blessings. Days when it seems like we can't quite Recall those blessings because our burdens are staring at us. How do we continue our faith walk with God when our burdens are weighing heavy on us? How do we continue our faith walk with God when life's not going the way we want it to go?
How do we continue our faith walk with God when we are angry, frustrated, we're tired of what's happening to us, of who's coming against us, of what's going on around us? How do we continue our faith walk with God when our burdens have blocked out our blessings? I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to Psalm 143 this morning. David, our Old Testament friend, the psalmist of Israel, penned the words to this psalm 143. David was familiar with blessings and burdens. You know that because you know the story of David. He was familiar with blessings and burdens. In this psalm, David was burdened by a trial he was facing. And though we don't know the specific exact context of this psalm, there are certainly uh, guesses that have been made, but though we don't know the specific exact context of this psalm, we can most certainly relate to David when it comes to trials. We know what it's like to deal with difficult people. We know what it's like to endure a broken relationship. We know what it's like to lose a job. We know what it's like to struggle with family, with friends, with finances. We know what it's like to struggle with illness, disease, and sickness. We know what it's like to wrestle with grief and sorrow and loss. We know what it's like to be weary and heavy burdened, we know what it's like to be exhausted physically, emotionally, and spiritually as it relates to our walk with the Lord. We know what it's like to face trials and burdens that continue to stare us in the face, seemingly with every breath we breathe. This psalm is a gift of God's grace, peace, and truth to us. David penned these amazing words inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. Psalm 143, Lord, hear my prayer. In your faithfulness, listen to my plea. And in your righteousness, answer me. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one alive is righteous in your sight. For the enemy has pursued me, crushing me to the ground, making me live in darkness like those long dead. My spirit is weak within me. My heart is overcome with dismay. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all you've done. I reflect on the work of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. I am like parched land before you. Answer me quickly, Lord. My spirit fails. Don't hide your face from me, or I'll be like those going down to the pit. Let me experience your faithful love in the morning, for I trust in you. Reveal the way I should go, because I appeal to you. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord. 
I come to you for protection. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, Lord, let me live in your righteousness. Deliver me from trouble, and in your faithful love, destroy my enemies. Wipe out all those who attack me, for I am your servant. How do we continue our faith walk with God? When burdens are weighing heavy on us, we pray. God encourages us throughout his word to pray. David said, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Jeremiah told us, the Lord says, call to me and I will show you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Paul said, do not be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Paul said, pray without ceasing. Pray continually. Peter said, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Peter said, cast all your cares on the Lord, because he cares for you. John said, this is the confidence we have before him. When we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For the one who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. The point is clear. Pray, pray, and pray some more. As one pastor said years and years ago, pray when you feel like it, pray when you don't feel like it, pray until you do feel like it. Prayer is one of our greatest privileges as God's kids. We get to talk with God as we walk with God. We can pray as much as we want, as long as we want, wherever we want, whenever we want. No one and nothing can keep us from prayer. One of the surest signs of self-awareness in a follower of Jesus, listen, one of the surest signs of self-awareness and a follower of Jesus is prayer. Prayer acknowledges, I can't, God, but you can. So God, would you show me? God, would you walk with me? God, would you lead me? God, would you go with me? And would you show me your perfect, pleasing, and everlasting way? David didn't just write about prayer. David didn't just talk about prayer. David didn't just teach about prayer. David prayed. And so as we focus in on continuing our faith walk with God when the burdens are weighing heavy on us and we're facing all kinds of different trials for many different reasons, we know we can pray. Now, it's important for us to recognize and just to take note, faith in Jesus opens the way for us to pray. Faith in Jesus opens the way for us to pray. We know the good news of the gospel is those of us who were once spiritually dead in our sins have been brought to spiritual life by God in his grace at work in us through our response of faith and trust in Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection for our salvation. 
And so the fact that we can cry out to our Father God, we can call out to Abba, our Father, the fact that we can pray to God whenever we want, as long as we want, as often as we want, wherever we are, the fact that we can present our request to God is a gift of God's grace to us through his Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and the blood he shed for us on the cross of Calvary, which opens a way for us to be able to enter into a relationship with God, which includes the great privilege and blessing of being able to talk with God. You see, we stand before God clothed in the righteousness, the perfect righteousness of Christ, not in our righteousness, not by what we've done, not by what we know, but no, in the righteousness of Christ Jesus. And so we are able to access the throne of God through prayer. And that's what David was sharing with us here. David's burdens. And you could just hear the emotions as you read through that psalm. His burdens were weighing heavy on him. He was in a battle between burdens and blessings. He knew both are a part of his walk with God. And he was in the middle of a battle. And you may be in the middle of that same battle. I don't know what the circumstance, many of the circumstances may be different, but I would dare say since God has brought us here this morning and since he's appointed this passage to be what he wants shared with his people this morning, that whether you're here or whether you're watching online, there's something that's going on. You're in the midst of a battle between blessings and burdens. I don't know where you are in that battle. I don't know the genesis of that battle, but I can rest assured based on the truth of the Holy Spirit of God and this word before us that most of not every one of us are in a battle. We're in a battle. And I can assure you that our burdens are being used by our enemy to try to blind us to our blessings. So let's look into this psalm and let's just identify a few ways to pray that David shared with us in this amazing psalm. The first is we need to pray humbly. David prayed, look in verse 1. He said, Lord, addressing Lord God Almighty, hear my prayer. He said in verse 10, for you are my God. He said in verse 12, I am your servant. In verse 10, he said, teach me. He said, teach me to do your will. David knew God was in charge, not him. And so we need to pray humbly. Praying humbly means we know our position. That's what David showed us. Praying humbly means you and I, we know our position. God is in charge, not us. God knows best, not us. God is all-powerful, not us. We are God's people. We are the sheep of his pasture. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. The Lord is your shepherd, and you shall not want. You see, we pray humbly, and we pray humbly as we know our position, Jesus taught us and shared with us, therefore, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Praying humbly as we pray, we want God's name to be honored and praised, not ours. We want God's kingdom to come, not ours. We want God's will to be done, not ours. So praying humbly means we know our position. Praying humbly means we need God's pardon. He said in verse 2, look at what David said. He said, do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one alive is righteous in your sight. David knew of his need for God's forgiveness. You and I, we know we need God's forgiveness of our daily sins. 
Once again, Jesus taught us to pray, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. That means forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. John told us that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and righteous and just. He will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. God cleanses us of our sin by the blood Jesus shed for us on the cross of Calvary. One of the disciplines that you and I need to develop, one of the disciplines that you and I need to make sure that we continue to practice day after day after day is the daily confession of sins. Confessing our sins to God each day throughout the day so that our fellowship with God is able to remain sweet. So our fellowship with God is able to remain clear. So that our fellowship with God is able to remain personal. So that our fellowship with God is able to remain powerful. Continue to confess our sins on a day-by-day basis. Praying humbly means we know our position. He's in charge, not us. Praying, hum- praying humbly means we need God's pardon. And praying humbly means we ask for God's power. His power is what we need. Our power is not enough. And we see that David said, teach me to do your will. In your righteousness, deliver me, he said. So we need God's power at work in our lives. And so we know praying humbly means we're not going to try to get up and run out and attack the day on our own. And we're not going to try to go out into the battle of spiritual warfare in our strength with our wisdom intact. No, no, no. We're going we're gonna to pray humbly. We're going to continue that conversation with God, which is all that prayer is. It's just a continual conversation with God. We walk and we talk with him throughout the day, throughout the evening. And so we pray humbly. And then he continues. Second, we pray passionately. Look at what he said in verse 1. Listen to my plea. Verse 4, my spirit is weak within me. My heart is overcome with dismay. Verse 6, he said, I spread out my hands to you. I am like like a parched land before you. He said, answer me quickly in verse 7, Lord. My spirit fails. He is praying passionately, honestly, openly. Verse 11, he says, deliver me from trouble. David prayed passionately. He pleaded with God in prayer. And God wants us to cry out to him in prayer. We pray humbly, but we also pray passionately. He wants us to cry out to him in prayer. Scripture teaches us that God's eyes are on the righteous and his ears are open to our cry for help. God is near the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and rescues them from all their troubles. God wants us to pray passionately. He wants us to pray passionately for his answers, for his guidance, for his help, for his relief, for his strength, for his wisdom, for his perseverance, for his patience. But most of all, God wants us to pray passionately for him. He wants us to pray passionately, most importantly for him. He wants us to delight ourselves in him. The psalmist said, delight yourself in the Lord, and well, he'll do what? He'll give you the desires of your heart. Because as we pray passionately for the Lord and what he wants, his desires become our desires, and that's exactly what he wants, and God grants those desires because they're his desires. As David prayed, as the deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. David 
prayed humbly. He prayed passionately. He was aware he needed God. He was struggling. The burdens were weighing heavy upon him. His enemies were coming against him. He had nothing left. He said, I'm like a parched land before you. You know what a parched land does? It just dies. Huge cracks develop. Nothing grows. David's saying, listen, God, I'm a parched land before you. We pray humbly. We pray passionately. And we also, third, see, we pray confidently. Look what David prayed in verse 5. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all you have done. I reflect on the work of your hands. David prayed confidently. He remembered all that God had done. He remembered the work of God's hands. And let me make sure you're clear on this. When David said, I remembered all you had done, the work of your hands, he's not just sitting around with a bunch of his buddies remembering the good old days where our stories get bigger and bigger and bigger and further and further and further away from the truth. No, 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 no. He said, I remember all you have done, God, in my life. I remember the work of your hands, God, in my life. I remember, God, how you've answered my prayers. I remember, God, how you have delivered me, how you've rescued me, how you've saved me, how you've showed your power to me before. You see, David prayed confidently in the present at this time because of God's work in his past. He didn't live in the past, but he certainly looked back to the past to gain power in the present. And God's work in our past inspires us to pray confidently in the present. In the present. He's the same God today, yesterday, and forever. He never changes. And as he has brought us through the past, he's going to bring us through today. God hears and answers our prayers. We know this because of the testimony of God's word, and we know this because of the testimony of our own lives. God's answers are always best. We know this because of the testimony of this word, and we know this because of the testimony of our lives. Therefore, in Jesus, we can pray confidently so that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We pray humbly, yes. We pray passionately, yes. But then we pray confidently. And we recall our God and his work and his word, and we call out to the Father, based on how we've seen him at work in his word. And that gives us power and confidence in the present. We call out to God and his faithfulness to us as we just finished singing a few moments ago through song, his faithfulness to us in our lives. And that gives us power. For the and so we pray humbly, we pray passionately, we pray confidently. The fourth way we pray is we pray faithfully. He continued in verse 8. And he, he said, let me experience your faithful love in the morning, for I trust in you. Say that with me out loud. For I trust in you. Again, for I trust in you. Reveal to me the way I should go, because I appeal to you. David's faith and trust was in God. David knew God was a faithful God. David believed in God as he prayed to God. 
Notice David did not just pray for relief or rescue, though. Notice that. And there's nothing wrong with praying for relief or rescue. Let me, let me make sure you understand. There is nothing wrong with praying for relief or rescue at all. David prayed for relief and rescue. He said, answer me quickly, Lord. My spirit fails. But here we see he's taking it deeper to another level. He's taking that faith walk to another level, and God wants us to continue going deeper and deeper in our faith, in our relationship, our walk with him. And he didn't just pray for relief or rescue. Look at what he prayed. He prayed to know God better. He prayed I want to know you better, God. He said, let me experience your faithful love in the morning. God, your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Let me experience your faithful love in the morning. God, this too will pass. And God, I'm laying it down before you. And God, as you give me the grace and strength to wake up, let me experience your faithful love in the morning. I know it's going to be new, God. Let me experience it. He said, show me the way to go. Reveal to me your way, your good, pleasing, and perfect way. Show me the way to go, God, so that I can walk closer to you. God, I want to walk closer to you. He was praying faithfully. And so for you and for me, praying faithfully means we pray not just for God to answer our prayers the way we want him to answer, and then if he doesn't answer them the way we want him to answer, then we're turning away from him and we're out on him because he didn't answer our prayers the way we want him to answer. Listen, that's not praying pray for, praying pray faithfully. When we pray faithfully, it means we're presenting our request to God and we're going to trust that he knows best. And we're going to trust in him and we're going to continue to pursue him because he's faithful in his answers, whether they're yes, no, wait, or go, whatever they may be, he's right. He's right. And it's a whole lot easier to pray faithfully when his answers line up with our heart's greatest desires. Yes. But even in those moments where we're hoping for a different outcome, God's answers are best. And there are times when we may not feel it, so what we've got to do is declare it as David did. And he said, I trust in you. I, I trust in you. I trust in you. I'm not going to be bound by my feelings. I'm not going to be driven by my feelings. I'm not going to be led by my feelings. I'm not going to be overwhelmed by my feelings. I'm going to submit my feelings to the faith that I have in the Lord Jesus Christ, my Savior, my God. And I know God's faithful because his word declares it. I know God's faithful because my, my life shows it. And so, God, I trust in you. I trust in you. As the Father said, I believe, God, when he was dealing with his son. I believe, God, but help me. Help me, God, overcome my unbelief. Praying faithfully means we believe God exists as we pray. We believe God rewards those who seek him as we pray. We believe God hears our prayers. We believe God answers our prayers. We believe God, God's answers are always best for us. Therefore, we obey God as we wait for his answers. We obey God as he answers us, and we obey God after he answers us. We pray faithfully. God, I trust in you. I trust in you. I know that you're going to handle these burdens. And God, I know you're going to balance them with your blessings. I trust in you. God, I'm going to trust you. James reminded us 
of the importance of praying faithfully. When James said, if any of you likes wisdom, he should ask a God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But let the one who asks believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to hear anything or to receive anything from the Lord because he is double-minded, unstable in all his ways. Do we wrestle with blessings and burdens when we pray? Yes. Do we wrestle with belief and unbelief? Yes. But what James was reminding us is this. There has to come a time in our lives when our prayers, when the burdens are weighing heavy on us and the attacks are coming against us, the challenges are too much for us to bear, that we just got to declare, God, I trust you. God, I trust you, and I'm going to pray. And as I pray, God, I'm praying faithfully, and I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to believe somehow, some way, God, you're going to answer my prayer, and you're going to continue to sustain me. You're going to continue to provide for me. You're going to continue to lead, guide, and direct me because, God, you've done it in your word, and I've read it, and I see it, and I believe it, and I know you've done it in my past. I know it, and I believe it. And, God, I'm going to believe and declare you're going to continue to do it in the present and future. And God, in those moments where I struggle, in those moments where I have unbelief, in those moments where I struggle with doubt, in those moments when the enemy gets in and his lies, his accusations, his temptations find a home in my thoughts and in my mind, God, I'm going to ask that you would just evict him in the name of Jesus, you would ask me to continue to stand firm, to trust in you, pray faithfully. And then the fifth way to pray is pray expectantly. Look at what he said in verse 10. He said, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me on level ground. David prayed with an expectancy and excitement to get God's answers to his prayers. And as we pray expectantly, we pray with an expectancy and an excitement for God's answers. As we wait with God, we watch for God to answer our prayers. And like David said, as we wait and watch, we ask God by his spirit in us to lead us on level ground. We ask him to lead us on level ground. We simply ask, God, do not let me turn away from you. Lead me on level ground. God, do not let me doubt you. Lead me on level ground. God, do not let me give up on you. Lead me on level ground. God, do not let me get impatient with you. Lead me on level ground. God, do not let me get overwhelmed with anger or frustration with you. Lead me on level ground. Teach me to do your will, God, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit, Holy Spirit of God that lives within us, may he lead us on level ground as we walk by the Spirit and not the flesh. Remember, the point of prayer is not to get our will done in heaven. The point of prayer is to get God's will done on earth, in our lives, in our families, in our marriages, in our children, in our relationships, in our friendships, in our churches. It's God's will to be done in our lives. Since God hears our prayers, since God answers our prayers, since God's answers are always best for us, we can pray expectantly, knowing that when God chooses 
to reveal his answers, his will for us. It'll be best. It'll be on time. And it'll be exactly what we need. When we rely on ourselves, we get what we can do. When we rely on others, we get what others can do. When we rely on technology, we get what technology can do. When we rely on prayer, we get what God can do. Simply put, prayer works. You know this, and I know this. But it's crazy how at times when those burdens are weighing heavy on us, we don't pray like we ought to pray. I think this is one of the main reasons why the enemy, Satan, works so hard to keep us from prayer. He works so hard to keep us from prayer personally for ourselves and that continual conversation with the Father. He works to get us distracted, discouraged, afraid, overwhelmed, exhausted. But he also works hard to keep us from praying with and for one another. Because he knows there's power in prayer. He knows prayer allows us to commune with our Father God. Prayer allows us access to the power of God. Prayer puts us in position to watch for God. To do what only he can do. And prayer allows us to focus our minds on the fact that, yes, those burdens are real. And yes, those challenges are ever before us. But prayer also allows us to remember that we have every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ Jesus. Prayer reminds us that Jesus himself said, I will be with you forever to the end of the age. And so as we pray, we balance those blessings and those burdens and we continue our faith walk in victory and the power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Linked arm in arm with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our prayer partner is going to be standing here at the front. They'd love to pray with you and pray for you. The altar is open as it always is come and kneel and do business with the Father. Listen, there's really, there's really one application, that's just pray. We all need it. We know it. We may not want to humble ourselves and go to a brother or sister in Christ, but we need it. 
Maybe what God's calling you to do is just to fall on your knees. Maybe right there where you're seated. Maybe to come up here to the altar and just cry out to him. Lift your requests to him. Maybe go to a brother or sister right now. Go to them and say, listen, I need your help. I am in the middle of a battle. The burdens are weighing heavy on me. I'm like a parched land before the Father. Would you come and be so kind as to share a prayer for me, with me, over me? If you know someone's hurting, go to them. Don't wait for them to come to you. Go to them and pray with them, pray for them. If you've yet to receive this gift of salvation, we talked about the good news of the gospel. Today is the day of salvation. God is the one who saves, and he asks us to cry out to him in prayer. And if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart, God raised us, God raised him from the dead. We'll be saved. It's with our heart that we believe in and justified. It's with our mouth that, mouth that we confess and are saved. So there is an aspect where we cry out to God, and we ask God to come in, take over, take charge. To, we confess our sins. We turn and repent from our sins, living our way, and we turn to God. Today is the day of salvation. He knows your heart. He will save you by his grace through your faith in Jesus. We'd love to introduce you to Jesus. This is our opportunity to pray. As God's people, as God's family, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's not miss out on an opportunity to spend this time in prayer with one another, for one another. Let's stand and let's worship the God, God together.